Our mission is to get as much plastic out of the ocean as we can. Gutberg has launched and um, brought to the market the world's first backpack made from ocean plastic. But we are um, much more than a, than a backpack brand. We um, establish cleanups. That means that we organize a network of fishermen in Indonesia where we uh, get plastic from the ocean as bycatch. And then we transform this plastic um, into backpacks. So we want to have this freedom to come contribute to the to the projects and uh, to the things that we want um, without uh, having discussions on a on a big board of um, of investors or, or owners and um, and that's just just a great freedom to have. It's just just good advice to to get going and then to uh, to tweak and to get better um, when you are already on track um, because um, otherwise um, you potentially will never get going. Bonjour, bonjour, and welcome to Mission First, the podcast to get inspired and to learn from successful entrepreneurs who are building a sustainable future for our planet and its people. I am Gilles Toussaint, your host and the founder of GT Impact, a growth and digital marketing agency working only with companies making a positive difference in this world. Growing a company that aims at having a sustainable impact is not easy. That's why I created Mission First. In each episode, I interview one entrepreneur who has a sustainable mission and who has recently gone through the difficult first years successfully. Together, we discuss their challenges and what they have learned on the way. We go into detail with a specific focus on company culture, leadership, financing, growth, and business strategy. That way, you'll learn hands-on tips on how to build a better future and a successful company too. Today, I had the chance to talk to Benny Mandos, founder and CEO of Godback. Benny's company is not just another backpack brand. They have a mission to clean up the ocean and they get their hands dirty. With their team and a network of 1,500 fishermen, they collect and recycle plastics from the ocean in Indonesia and turn these pieces into various sustainable fashion products. Started in 2016, Godback has now more than 30,000 customers. During this episode, we discussed Benny's challenges and what he has learned on his entrepreneurship journey. Benny also shared eight entrepreneurship do's and don'ts about how to create a sustainable fashion accessory. If you are interested in sustainable fashion and want to hear the entrepreneurship story of a vibrating brand and a founder who has for mission to remove the plastic from our ocean, this episode is definitely for you. Hi, Benny. Thank you very much for being with us today. How are you? Hi, Jill. Yeah, uh, thanks a lot. I'm fine. Uh, really, really, really good weather today in, in Mainz. And uh, yeah, so everything is, everything is great today. Uh, thank you very much for being here with us. The weather is also super nice in Berlin, probably one of the last like summer days right now. So you are the founder of Got Back, that I'm really looking forward to talk about. Can you explain us a bit, in a few words, what Got Back does? Yeah, I can do, absolutely. So Got Back has launched and um, brought to the market the world's first backpack made from ocean plastic. Um, but we are um, much more than a, than a backpack brand. We um, establish cleanups. Um, um, that means that we organize a network of fishermen in Indonesia where we uh, get plastic from the ocean as bycatch, and then we transform this 
plastic um, into backpacks, um, but we have also a really holistic approach in the area. We uh, seek to uh, talk to the uh, to the inhabitants, to the people in the area, and raise awareness about the, pro uh, uh, the problem of plastic pollution and um, uh, try to create an impact in that way. So um, we're not using only the PET, which we can use for uh, for our backpacks, but we also take a look at the whole other uh, ways that we extract or that we get from the ocean, and we also try to find new ways and um, help with uh, with creating a waste management system in, the, in Indonesia and in the area. Okay, great. And to understand a bit about which stage you are right now with the company, um, what is the the size of the company now? How many employees do you have? By now we are 31 people um, here in, in Mainz. Um, and then and we have in Indonesia, There's um, they're not, not our employees, but there's um, 1,500 fishermen that are operating there. Um, so, but the, the core team here is 31 people now. In Germany? Yeah. Okay. And in terms of like revenue, uh, to give us an idea of where you are, what what can we talk about in terms of revenue, uh, ballpark revenue for last year or for the projections of, of, of this year, for example? Yeah. Um, so I'm not commenting like the, the, the revenue, but um, um, there's uh, we have 30,000 uh, 30, uh, customers or supporters um, who have uh, bought our bags so far um, and all our products. Um, and um, yeah, we had a great, great um, and successful year last year. And uh, this one, uh, this year, we we scaled um, we scaled pretty quickly um, and um, introduced new products. Um, yeah. And uh, in terms of profitability, I mean, funding and finance in general, what's in a nutshell? Did you get any like funding uh, rounds, or are you bootstrapped? We started um, totally bootstrapped, um, and um, we, in a way, we are still uh, up until today. Um, we um, brought in um, our own, um, yeah, our own money in the start, and, and um, we we worked um, at uh, at the time that we, when we founded the company, we worked our um, jobs. Um, I had an agency at the time together with my uncle, where I worked full time, um, and um, started got back as a as a side uh, as a passion project on the side. Um, and um, so we just, um, yeah, we're had then uh, um, two years of, of developing and starting the whole project, and then um, we, um, yeah, we kicked off um, selling the, the bag in 2018, and um, then, um, yeah, after um, the first track record and after the first successful sales, we have been fortunate to have a really great support by our bank um, and um, also institutions from from the government who, who um give us grants and uh, and um and support through loans and we have been able to yeah to scale and to come to the level where we are today without any um investments um or investors being invested in the company and uh could you could you say you're already like broke even now are you profitable yeah we um we've been profitable last year and we um we Steer the company to be profitable this year as well. Um, so what we just try to do is to optimize our cash flow, um, um, to to optimize work and capital um, as, as much as we can, and we have been um, pretty successful in doing that. So we um, we are now able to 
um, to get product in um, and uh, have to have to pay them um, after we we have we have sold them, um, which give, gives us a positive uh, positive uh, cash flow, and that's what the way we want to grow the company further. Um, and um, yeah, we um, yeah we we just want to go as far as possible without um, an, an investment. So you can keep the the hand on the company totally. Yeah, in a way, yes. I mean, uh, it gives you just uh, freedom, and it gives you the possibilities that we have, and um, and that we want to have in the in the future. Because I think we 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 just make a lot of decisions which maybe not always are um, just um, just or, or not beneficial um, in in terms um, of the thinking of an investor. Who then in the end uh, obviously want to have a profit. We we. We um, yeah we invest in two uh, projects in Indonesia like um, uh, with um, uh, with trash booms where we stop uh, plastic flowing through rivers into the ocean and um, doing uh, donations to to various other organizations and, and stuff like that and um, so we want to have this freedom to come contribute to the to the projects and uh, to the things that we want um, without uh, having discussions on a on a big board of um, Of investors or, or owners, and um, and that's just just a great freedom to have. That's great, and that's part. How would you define your? I mean, the general mission for uh, because you know you seem to really care about having a, a positive impact and a sustainable impact. So, what's the exact mission of uh, Cut Back? And maybe is is it like different than your your own mission? Um, yeah, I think our mission is to to uh, get as much plastic out of the ocean as we can, and um, yeah, I, I think we are really um, yeah we 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 a company in a way in a way we behave as an NGO. Obviously, of course, we need to sell back, um, but um, yeah, we we are so many things at the same time. We are an e-commerce uh, brand. We are a fashion brand. We are, um, yeah we um, we do our own operations in Indonesia where we behave as an as an NGO. Um, so um, there's uh, lots, lots of vision in these different sectors. Um, so um, for um, for the cleanups, we we have the vision to scale the, um, the the cleanups further. We want to go to other regions and and uh, to other countries um, to to create an impact there. And not, and uh, on the other hand, for the for the backpack brand, we want to yeah become one of the the most sustainable. Um, and, uh, and and well-known brand for sustainable backpacks and luggage, and um, I think that's the, the vision for for the next years. So great, like a clear and great mission and vision as well. Um, so I think that gives us a very good idea of where you are now and what you do. Um, I'd like to get back to the the starts and you know how you started this company. Um, so I've learned on the company and uh, on your looking at your Instagram stories that uh, you were a cameraman before. So how did you go from there to cut back starting the company itself? Yeah. So um, yeah, right as you said, um, I became a, a cameraman um, right after um, after my A level. Um, I, I didn't uh, go to a university. I um, uh, I worked as a, a assistant um, a camera assistant first, and then became a cameraman um, and um, I was um, shooting all different types of documentaries. Um, then later on, got more into more and more into commercials um, and um, yeah, a lot of in sports. Um, been to um, 
to Olympic Games, um, to World Cups. And so it was a really, really great time um, uh, at, at the beginning of my 20s. Um, and then um, later on, I, I founded a production company where we uh, where we did um, um, yeah, movies and, um, and clips um, for, for the uh, television uh, channels. I had uh, previously worked, uh, worked for as a cameraman and um, also for industry clients or, or corporate clients. And then I, um, I founded together with my uncle a communication agency or um, an, an agency where we've, we've done a lot of internal communications for big corporations. Um, my uncle was a, um, um, a change manager before and he, he, he managed the changes in huge corporations. So we combined um, the both, um, um, this both, uh, um, yeah, this both ta talents um, or this both jobs. Um, um, like um, his, his management um, skills, but also um, his, his network also, obviously. And um, then um, we, we've done um, yeah, e-learning and, um, and, um, and movies, um, like uh, or quick win communications in big, uh, in big projects. Um, and that was a, was a great, uh, great time as well. But then some, at, at some point, um, I, I've then been in sort of the, the media uh, the media world for then almost 10 years and i um i felt uh, tired about it also i um I, I didn't want to travel all the time i um i uh, i didn't want to be around people i don't necessarily wanted to spend time with in, in order uh, hoping that they will give us the, the next gig or give us the next job or stay in business with them and that tired me in a way and um i i wanted to wanted to do something that uh, was different from that what I've done what I've, I've done previously, and I wanted to do something new, and I wanted to do something, yeah, what I really wanted to do from 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 my heart, or what, uh, and then I just had like a also a really tough phase where I was um, where I was struggling with the things I, I was I was then doing at the time because I just didn't love to to uh, didn't love to run a, a um, an agency anymore and. Um, so, and then that was, uh, the process, um, that started then and, um, then coincidentally of, on one of the, the movie shoots, um, I was in a car, uh, together with an old friend from school and we were talking about uh, the situation back and forth and anything. And he's, and he said, yeah, he's like, like kind of in the same situation. He was working as a graphic designer at the time. And, um, he has always also done that for, for almost 10 years at the time. And, um, yeah, and then we, we started to develop uh, ideas and we both had, um, a background, um, or both had been tied to the ocean, uh, since our childhood. Uh, Roman uh, grew up in Tel Aviv. He started surfing pretty early. Um, I was, um, linked to the ocean to my father because he was a passionate sailor. And then we knew about uh, the problem of the plastic, of plastic pollution, um, and, um, uh, that there's something clearly wrong. And then it, this process started, and I think then uh, in, in the end it was uh, a great, uh, just a, a great uh, coincidence that we then uh, were able to combine um, our entrepreneurial passion and um, the passion for for nature and and for for our planet, and um, then yeah, uh, then we started. And so, what are the next steps when you decide to start? How do you, what are the first steps to go from, I want to, let's do this project together to having your first product out there? 
Yeah, I mean, uh, in the first uh, place, so um, we we didn't came up with the uh, with the uh, idea of, of creating backpacks from from ocean plastic right away. Uh, we have gone through various ideas. I think that's uh, that's uh, maybe a normal phase then or a, a normal normal first step that you just run through various ideas. But there was just so um, it was clear that that we want to do something different, that we want to start something together, and. Um, uh, then it was just laying up, uh, laying awake at night and thinking about possibilities and and uh, and what we co- what we can do and then yeah and then I there was just this idea rushing into my head at night um, and uh, it said uh, gut bag um, like uh, a backpack brand uh, a brand that I would love to wear on my shoulders uh, and wear on my back and so then uh, we had this backpack idea and then um, yeah we we knew. It is possible to recycle PET into yarn, and um, there was um, there's lots of PET in, in the ocean, and then we thought, why why can't we recycle this PET and make make uh, yarn, and then finally backpacks out of it? And um, so then then we had the, then we had the idea, and um, yeah, then the, the next question was how um, how are we able to yeah recover plastic from the ocean? How are we able then to process it and um, uh, to to make a high quality backpack from it? And, it was just just a, a process of um, of over two years, um, speaking to partners, mm-hmm. finding the right partners, and that was then when the the process of the of the development of the of the backpacks of the product started, um, and um, yeah, we we needed to uh, to find ways to build structures to to extract plastic from the ocean. We needed to um, to to take a look at um, how to um, how to process how to recycle this. Um, and um, we, we um, for us that meant um, because um, obviously we didn't have any knowledge in um, in the area. We need to find partners. We need to um, yeah also um, read a lot um, and just get uh, get our brains up to to speed and to uh, to to get an expert actually in uh, in, in recycling and uh, and uh, manufacturing of backpacks. And um, yeah, then over the time we 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 did find the, the right partners um, who can help. We could convince uh, to to listen to us and uh, to work together with us. And then in 2018, we then had the, the finished product in our hand and introduced it to the market. And so this partner that you found, you I guess you're talking about your partner to to make the bags in Indonesia. So we we, um, we are working with various partners. Um, the supply chain is fairly complex. So uh, in total, we're working together with uh, six partners who are responsible for uh, different steps in the in the recycling chain. So what we're doing ourselves is to manage and organize the cleanup. So um, getting the plastic from the ocean um, and have a, a first sorting and um, and cleaning done. And then, as I said, we have a really holistic approach. So we we bring the different plastic types. Into uh, suitable supply chains, um, meaning the PET portion that's um, for our backpacks. Uh, other parts like PP um, and um, all the different other. Also, you find metal. Um, you find multi-layer plastic, which are really tough to handle. And uh, we've been fortunate by now to f- to to have found uh, partners um, who can re- recycle this. For example, to bricks um, or then um, for for ter- for thermic. Um, for thermic recycling um so um we just don't want to recover only the pt and uh, we don't we don't take care of the rest but we have a really holistic um approach to the whole um problem in the area um and then the the pt part is then processed in various steps 
Um, and then finally, we receive a pallet um, from from the PET where we have recovered, and this uh, this pallet is then transformed into a yarn. Um, and um, from this yarn, we then um, we create, create a fabric, and this fabric is then used for the production of our backpacks. And there are two things I like to understand here: is the which part is pro is produced by by you by yourself, and which part is produced by what we call the partners here. So maybe you can answer that part, like first, where where does good back start, and where is the, the the part that you outsource, and even if there are partners that then you, you I guess you pay them. Yeah, sure. We're running the, the cleanups ourselves, and um, we have done facilities in the area where we have the first sorting um, and uh, and and cleaning done, and um, then we hand over the PT to a partner who is then um, who is then. Um, Uh, responsible for the recycling, um, but um, this uh, uh, like the, the procedures that they use um, that they use, um, um, we have the knowledge um, about it, um, and um, um, yeah, it's just um, I think important to mention that we are um, you're running the whole supply chain. So all the, the different um, partners we um, we have uh, we have also. The knowledge um, about um, how they do it, and um, and um, uh, we have uh, we have developed it together with them. Okay, and uh, when you try to find these partners, I can imagine it was something not easy because you said you have to you had to learn first all these technical knowledge on the production steps of your products. You said you, so. You you gather the plastic from the ocean. You make plastic pellets, so these small uh, granule, and then they are turned into uh, a yarn, a thread, and then from this yarn you can make the bag. The bag you make it yourself. No, the, um, the, there's a manufacturer who, who's, who's doing that. So okay, so it's uh, a that's also a partner from you. Yeah, yeah. Okay, I can imagine the first time you have to find these partners. How do you proceed? Who goes like? Uh, how do you split the roles? Who goes there? Do you like, you just travel to? Indonesia and first, you know, why Indonesia? You go there and then you start like talking to the people around to say, hey, who can help us recycle the, the plastic here and how do we do? Yeah. Um, so first of all, why Indonesia? Um, so we had um, also collaborations before in the Mediterranean and Atlantic. Um, but then uh, at, at, uh, at some point we realized um, that um, We think we need to go there, where um, yeah, where, where where's the epicenters of, of plastic pollution, and um, where's um, um, yeah, where's uh, like just the high leakage of um, of plastic into the ocean, and um, we became quickly aware um, um, about um, where we can then create a, the biggest impact, and then um, we've been fortunate to get a really great team member. His name is Max, and um, he uh, he has been in um, Indonesia. Um, uh, studying and also um, doing internship and working in Indonesia before, and he he, he speaks uh, he speaks uh, Bahasa fluently, and um, then he traveled down and, and did set up the, the structures, and um, the um, the supply chain is split, so we cannot uh, do all the steps in Indonesia. The um, the yarn production is done in uh, in China, and also the backpack manufacturing is done in China, and we have been also. Fortunate to find um, a great sourcing manager to, um, uh, um, uh, through uh, through a friend um, who has been working with him together, and uh, he was a really uh, trustworthy uh, trustworthy person. Um, we then uh, we became in contact with, and um, 
he has been able to to link us uh, with uh, with uh, manufacturers in the area, and then it was just yeah convincing uh, people uh, there that we are much bigger than than we were at the time, and that uh, we are potential good partners to to get off. And I remember like setting up five email addresses and and texting uh, them from different email addresses with different names. Um, to to make the company appear uh, much bigger <laughs> at the time uh, when we were just uh, where we, when we just were uh, two people and uh, and then just saying like, I have I have to I have to ask uh, them first and just pretending to be like a, a bigger company <laughs> already and we we just were just uh, two two guys uh, from school basically um, who, who didn't know anything about uh, producing of backpacks and negotiating with. Uh, partners also and um so yeah but uh with uh with this kind of tricks and um or um yeah also with the great contacts we had we had we we had then been, been able to uh to find the right partners and um to convince them to work with us what are the the learnings from from that period like is there some criteria that you take into account for your partners mm. and is there something specific that you've learned on the way that you know you would do differently now with your experience you you would do way more efficiently yeah i think um what we what we focused on is to find partners um which had uh, experience in working with brands that are uh, uh, that are known for sourcing fairly and producing fairly and um have um have uh, certifications uh, to prove that as well um was the right way to go for us uh, to identify yeah people um in this industry um, who are um yeah also uh yeah conscious about um fair sourcing about fair production and um that was important to us so um that's how we how we then set out to find the right ones you're tackling a, a um, something i wanted to talk about like certification in general so i saw on your website you're super super transparent uh at least you try to be as transparent as possible um, for for your customers, for the potential customers, and you mentioned it like for your partners all along the supply chain, you try to have these certifications. How do you decide? Like I saw, you know, in terms of certification, you have Ocean Cycle certificate, you have Blue Design Partner, CEDEX PSCI. You mentioned fair and social work. I don't know if that was a certification or not. So how do you decide which certification you get? you want to get to the company yeah um i think it, it really depends and we, we we are talking about a lot to be as, uh, as transparent uh, as transparent in, in the different um uh, regions and um and, and and tasks we we are operated um for example we also now we have a new collaboration together with clean hub uh, a startup from berlin um they are tracking um, the plastic that we extract from the ocean, um, and to give uh, give a transparency uh, to this supply chain also. So um, we want to um, to prove to to ourselves, but to to the end customers um, that um, that the plastic that we use um, in our bags is from this exact area has been uh, has been tracked in this area by the fishermen, and then um, uh, go through the whole supply chain. Um, and at, uh, at, at every point, there's uh, there's a tracking tracking done, which is done by photo. So um, when a fisherman extracts plastic from the ocean, he takes a photo of it. And there's a gathering point; he takes another photo. And all these uh, these photos are then uploaded to a blockchain, 
um, to give proof um, later on where's the origin of this plastic and um, where, where it's going to. So um, coming back to your question, for, for this part of the supply chain, we thought or we had, a, had the feeling that, is the, that, that that's the right solution for us to give the, give the maximum transparency. Um, and um, for, other, um, for other parts, like the backpack manufacturing, um, um, there, is, there are different uh, certificates or different ways to bring, um, to bring transparency and proof. And I think there's really good certificates around. Um, we're really doing intense audits to, to the manufacturers um, and um, to us as a brand as well. So it's just all, uh, always um, looking at the, the different different the different parts of the supply chains and then judging which uh, which certificate or which proof is the best um, to um, um, yeah to, to prove to the end customers to prove to ourselves um, what we are doing. How do you have stories of how important that is for for your like your, your customers? I'm actually, um, to be honest, I cannot answer the question 100% because I'm not, I'm not knowing it exactly. Um, I'm, I'm not sure. We, we just um, have, have the feeling inside our team that it's important to us to have the proof also. I mean, we know our partners by now really well. We have been there uh, several times um, and uh, visited them. We, we know um, who they are, like how they treat their workers, how the treat, uh, how the, um, how the how the workers um, are um, how the workers are living and and uh, and and all that, um, but besides that, we just also wanted to have the proof by a third uh, party and, and inspection um, um, or um, like I've said uh, just previously with the with the cleanup project um, to give uh, also uh, the confidence uh, to us and we are also working with other. Uh, certification partners in the moment, um, which is um, which is not finished by now, so cannot uh, can, can tell um, anything about it at the moment. But um, I think that we will uh, will be able to um, to to get it out at the end of the year. Um, um, and um, yeah, so it's um, um, it's just about um, yeah giving giving proof also to ourselves. And I think uh, a lot of uh, guys in the team also demand it, uh, just demand. Um, that we are transparent, that that we know what we are doing there, um, because uh, all of the, the team members here are really, uh, are really just concerned about these topics. Um, uh, that's the one part, and I think uh, the same is true for our customers. They they just want they want to know um, uh, how the backpack is produced, where it is produced, um, is the other uh, work is uh, fair treated. They want to know where we recover the where we recover the plastic, um, and all that. So I, I think. Um, people concerned about it, but um, I don't have uh, any proof. Or um, I just—I um, mean, I, we we know from from talking to them uh, in, in social media um, and stuff that that people are concerned about it. Um, but I'm not sure if, if everyone uh, is, is concerned or how how important it is for the success of our company. I I, I I'm not 100% sure. Uh, so on your website, you have a you know a good back sustainability cycle, um, and. That basically shows how you know from the back from the recycling to the the backpack production to when the backpack is sold that the revenues goes to you know your main company, but then it's used to refinance some social and sustainable activities in in Indonesia. Can you tell us a bit more about this? Yeah, um, yeah, I think um, 
we um, uh, we want to uh, by ourselves and also with uh, with partners, which we are talking to in a moment. Uh, we want to educate uh, and to raise awareness about the, the, the problem of plastic pollution. And um, actually, that is also where we see our biggest impact in the moment, because I mean, yeah, we, rec we recover plastic from the ocean. But every day, there's so much, pla uh, so much plastic flowing in, in, in the ocean that, is, that, that the, the portion that we recover is just a drop, uh, a drop in the ocean. Um, and um, we need to find solutions to, uh, to stop plastic flowing in um, this marine system um, and um, so we, we strongly believe um, by now that um, that by raising awareness uh, in this region that we can create a, the biggest impact and we see that um, actually in, in, the, in the past couple of, of months the uh, past year that um, when we are active in, in the region and we collaborate with fishermen um, they, they become aware about the problem they, they start to understand that uh, the rivers in, in the areas are dead because the, the plastic is sinking to the soil. And um, when uh, when the soil is covered with plastic, their uh, plants are not able to grow anymore. And when there are not no plants um, uh, uh, able to grow anymore, there's no inhabitant for uh, for fish. Um, 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 and um, the, um, the 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 oxygen oxygen saturation um, of the river. Um, is not sufficient anymore, and then the, the river goes extinct, and um, people don't have have uh, fish uh, to catch, and they these these uh, these people are really dependent um, on on rivers, for example. There, but the same is true um, on the coastline, um, where you had coral reefs before, and these coral reefs are dying because um, also corals eat uh, microplastics, and they get 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 in, in, infected by it, and they go ex in, uh, extinct, and um, the the coral reefs. Uh, um, also, are a big uh, inhabitant for for all sorts of uh, of marine life, uh, which the people also are dependent on. And these people then start to understand that because of plastic pollution and because of the pollution in in, in general, um, that their uh, uh, what they are dependent on in, in life um, is going extinct, and that in the end they will would go extinct if we don't change. And that's a that's a, that's a really strong uh, in, in incentivation to uh, to do something about it. And then they start um, realizing, and they start uh, talking to their families, they start talking to their villagers, um, to their communities. And um, yeah, so that's a really strong multiplier. If you have 1,500 fishermen involved, they go to yeah, as I said, to their villages, and then uh, these communities starting to realize uh, the problem. And what we see there is that then. From the ground up, there's change happening because these people then start to talk to the politicians in the area, to the governors, and uh, there's just some pressure um, uh, then being put on of this uh, decision makers. And um, we see um, now because we are now in, in, in talks with the government there, um, to uh, and they um, they are starting to support our project uh, project, and uh, they're starting to also then. To change and to to become become aware of the problem, and they started to uh, establish uh, waste management systems, um, um, and that's just just great to see. And as I, as I said, I think that's uh, that's where we see our biggest impact. That's that's great to hear. And how much time passes between when you start going to Indonesia to the the first bag sold? Um, so the the whole. Um, from, from starting the company to selling the first backpack was um, approximately two and a half years. 
how do you how have you financed that part at the time? Because you had like you you left your job to do that, and uh, you you had to finance it. I know. I um I uh, during just two years, um I was constantly working, so I did it all on the side. Um, we um we done it on on uh, just late nights and on all weekends, um, which was actually super exhausting. Um, and um, so it was really a tough two years. Um, just just to be honest with you, it's all not like really like really really exhausting, like uh, getting close to a burnout, uh, exhausting and. Um, so um, we had been then, yeah, really proud and and and, and really um, yeah, happy when we when we finally had the the, the, the final product in hand and uh, introduced it um, through Kickstarter. And that's is that when is is that after the Kickstarter and you decide you basically have enough like funds to start to uh, to 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 stop your work, the job. So um, it was uh, it was like a, a transition. So um, um, we had we had a Kickstarter and then. Um, uh, what we then had was uh, that we had some that we always had some like pre-sale uh, cycles. So um, and um, uh, that was really successful. So for example, we had let's say two thousand backpacks ready, and before uh, we had them here in our warehouse, they already were sold out. Um, and then uh, the next uh, pre-sale um, started, and and that was then the year um, of two thousand nineteen. So uh, up until late summer. Um, um, 2019, we had these pre-sale cycles because we we couldn't uh, c- catch up to the demand. Um, and at the time, I, I was still working from time to time for my agency. Um, but then at some pi- point, I think it was in, in in summer or in late 2019 when I um, completely um, uh, um, quitted uh, quitted the agency. And my uncle is still doing it. He's uh, he's still um, he's still working. Uh, on it and the, the, the agency still, still exists, but I, uh, I'm now, um, or yeah, almost over one and a half years now, all in, in, in Gutback. In Gutback, okay. What is your biggest uh, learning of the crowdfunding? And is there, in terms of, is there something you would do differently if you had to start one again? Yeah, um, I think um, if I would do it again, I. Um, yeah, we we just had a way to show preparation for it. Um, I mean, we were we were. Um, so the thing was that we we never knew exactly when when uh, when the first really fixed prototype would be ready. You know, so it's it's just you wait for uh, for a couple of weeks and, and then you receive you receive the product, and um, only when you have it in hand, you know exactly. Okay, now we are good to go. We are we are ready to to approach the market with it. So we we didn't uh, yeah really plan in advance for the for the Kickstarter, but then like we had the the the, the final product in hand and we say okay it's good to go uh, to introduce it to the market and we say oh okay now we have to <laughs> we have to uh, try to think how we can set up set up a Kickstarter campaign and how to do it and then um, we um, I think we already um, submitted the project uh, to to Kickstarter and then started to. Uh, um, to, um, uh, to to look into how to uh, to really launch a, a successful uh, Kickstarter campaign, and um, I think um, yeah we uh, we we haven't done the, the greatest job. Um, there's because it's uh, it's uh, yeah it's it's a science of a science of itself. You you can do so much in, in building an audience before and 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 all that. Um, 
So I think uh, a much better preparation is uh, what I would have done differently. Um, but yeah, I mean, I mean now looking back, um, it's uh, it's it's uh, everything happened uh, at its as it uh, as, as it as it should be um, or, or as it was, and it turned out uh, turned out to be really good and, and successful. So um, there's uh, nothing I'm I'm regretting by now. But um, um, yeah, I think. Preparation, uh, building up an audience before, and have a really like a campaign. And there's also professional uh, agency um, uh, who are consulting with uh, with running uh, Kickstarter campaigns. Um, and I think all of this is um, uh, is good to do. So, did you run out? Did you run out on your own, or did you do it with a, with an agency at at some point? No, we we did it by ourselves. Um, oh. We we have we have been talking to agencies, but um, also. Um, Yeah, and, and some of them or the good ones are also charging quite some money, which we, which we, which we didn't have at the time, which we had put into the research and development and uh, and getting uh, first products um, to to Germany, and um, so we have done it all all ourselves. But it went out pretty well, as you said, with I think uh, so it's twenty six thousand from the sixteen thousand euro like a uh, euro plan, so uh, like a great step. Um, let's talk now about the the do's and the don'ts that you you sent me on, which this time are regarding how to create a sustainable fashion accessory. So thank you very much for sending these to me. And let's start with the do's. Uh, the first one is go new ways to find the best and most sustainable solution. What do you mean by that? For me, it's the, it's the most important that we always try to challenge ourselves, always always trying to find uh, new and better solutions um, for um, for uh, for everything we do, everything we use, and um, that's um, yeah, that's that's just extremely important to me um, that we um, that we always be ahead of uh, of everything that's available on the market and um, and use it. And the second one was recycle. I guess so part of it is pretty obvious given your company, but c can you iterate on that? Yeah, I think uh, that just um, recycling and reusing the things that we already have, uh, especially for plastic, is just really important. Um, um, it's uh, yeah, it's, it's important that we stop the, um, the the production of virgin plastics and that we um, yeah, in general just recycle more and the recycling rates up until today are just extremely low um, in the world. And um, yeah, that's, uh, that's just an important topic. And I think it's, um, you can just uh, build such amazing products from, from recycled materials. Um, and I, I think that, um, and it's, it's coming more and more, and which is a good thing, but I think there's much more that can be done. Okay. And the product, the third one was, the product needs to be repairable, multifunctional. How yeah, did you come uh, to that one? Yeah. Um, so especially our first um, bag, we we wanted to have a bag that um, that you can use in in all different uh, uh, situations in your life, like going to um, going to to work, um, on, but also in free time. So there's a laptop case in it, but you can remove it if you don't need it, um, and and you go go hiking. So we wanted to to, to be we wanted the product to really be multifunctional and it's waterproof that you also can use it in, in, in heavy weather um, 
And that's uh, yeah, just also contributes to sustainability. If you just need one bag for for different situations, um, that's uh, that's just great because then you don't need two uh, different ones. And um, yeah, um, that's one part. And yeah, uh, to have the the parts uh, on it to to be easily uh, repairable, that's also uh, important to us. So we have our gut, gut bag cycle. So um, if there's anything breaking on your bag. Um, after um, even after a guarantee, you can send it back to us. We uh, we will intensify that and by by giving um, giving a di discount um, for for your next purchase. Um, and then we um, we try to repair the backpacks or reuse the materials um, and create new products from it. Um, and that was also important in the product development. Okay, so when people send, the, I saw these uh, that you offer these reparation services. So when people send you the send you their bags, they you, you try to repair it, and if you can't, you offer them a voucher. And yeah, if, if the if the backpack cannot be be, uh, be repaired, we we, uh, we we will recycle it to to new products. And um, yeah, exactly exactly right. So um, in order that because we don't want uh, people just to throw it away, but we want them to to bring it back to uh, to to send it back to us, and therefore we give uh, give a discount on uh, on a on a new purchase. Which for us uh, has the um, has the value that we increase uh, the customer lifetime value, but at the same time we um, we can also reuse the materials, um, and then they are not just uh, thrown on uh, uh, in, in, into the um, in, uh, in, into um, um, yeah into in general into general trash, um, and, um, and people don't don't know what to do with it. How much of the backpack can you recycle now? Because you said you managed to to recycle to reuse it. Can you reuse it like like this after make new pellets from it and then reuse it in the back in the next backpack? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's what that, that's 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 uh, so the um, like the, the clips um, and um, I thought they are, they are recycled and they can be recycled and um, for for the main material we also um, so there's. Still, some development uh, been done about it, but um, it, uh, it's possible to do it. So to separate the different layers again and, and to, to reuse fabric. And also, what we're also looking at is to um, to um, to cut parts and to create then uh, to create new products from it. So there's several several ways we we are dealing with the with the backpacks um, uh, that that have been sent back to us. Okay, fantastic to hear. So one of this part is only possible because it's PET, right? It's not possible to do that with all plastic in general. Or well, at least you need to downcycle it. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, yeah. I, I mean, the, the, I mean, you have, you have you have to take a look at at, uh, at different plastic type. Different plastic types have, have different uh, capabilities in in, in recycling. Um, but yeah, PET, PP, um, for example, is um, is, um, uh, is is, uh, is, uh, is uh, yeah, it's, it's capable to to be recycled. Other plastic types um, are just uh, hard to recycle. That's true. Where have you like educated yourself like on all these topics of like recycling and sustainability? Do you have any like specific resource you can share with uh, with us that uh, is very useful to learn on that? Yeah, I mean, we um, and and even t today we um, we are working together with experts in in the area. So uh, in the moment we are um, yeah we are we we are talking with like professors um, and um, and uh, just ex experts uh, in in the area. I think that's the the most important 
uh, and most valuable advice. And then obviously, yeah, you have lots of resources out there um, um, that you that you can take a look at. But I, but I think it's a really special, um, uh, really special um, area. And I think the best way to go is really to talk to experts um, who are um, researching and um, in the area and, and also teaching about it. Um, the last do is make producers think you're big. Uh, so you already like uh, mentioned that a little bit. Do you have any other examples of like uh, why you or why is it like that in the in the you know in the fashion industry? Yeah, I think yeah, I told the story before of uh, of really pre pretending to be a, a big company, and I think it is important because. Um, like especially um, yeah in, in Asia and um, um, yeah, it, uh, uh, yeah manufacturers are just used to uh, really run really big um, uh, big, big productions actually and um, uh, especially like oh, the, the good ones um, and um, I think it's just important because uh, otherwise they um, yeah they don't um, they don't collaborate with you or they they collaborate poorly. Um, and um, I think that was just an important step to understand how to uh, to get in touch with them and how to convince them that that uh, that that that, that, is, that what we are doing has potential and that we um, that we are already um, like some sort of a of a company uh, which is uh, worth talking to. It never happened to you that, for example, when you said you were explaining all the different accounts that you were setting up for emails uh, to, to make you like look bigger, uh, it never happened that they asked to talk to, I don't know, if you created an email for uh, Nicolas, that they asked to talk to Nicolas or where is Nicolas at the meeting or something? Uh, no, no, that happened. it didn't happen because uh, I, um, I just was, uh, was contacted via, via mail at the time. And then, yeah, I had, uh, I had like an... an an, uh, an alter ego, uh, which I was uh, I was using a lot. I was uh, I was um, Michael also at the time. That was one of my, my alter egos, and um, I, that was the one who was always doing the video calls. So um, <laughs> yeah, it was uh, was a bit crazy <laughs> looking back, but uh, yeah, uh, I think um, yeah, may maybe as an entrepreneur, from time to time, you have to be. Uh, have to you have need to have uh, multiple uh, characters inside yourself, and I could express them by by talking to the first uh, first partners. At least you have to be inventive to 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 be able to to realize your to yeah. achieve your goals. And I think yeah, I mean yeah, I think uh, I think that that's I think it's a big learning. Also, um, come back to your question earlier. I think it's just about finding yeah finding solutions to things and uh, as an entrepreneur. And I think that was that was one solution um and yeah in the so about the dawns that you sent me you said the first one is don't expect things to go fast when developing a product yeah absolutely i'm i'm i i remember just that you need to have really strong nerves from time to time and also because of the time difference um yeah it's, it's just sometimes so exhausting that you um You only have like a, a time slot of, I mean, I, normally it's like six hours and something where you where you can just write back and forth uh, uh, some some mails and then it's the next day and the next day and from days it gets weeks and weeks and it's months and um, that's just yeah you, you need to be 
uh, just patient and um, um, and yeah, and don't give up. Also, um, um, yeah, because it's just it, it takes time and communication takes time and and um, and and communicate uh, communicating and developing product with other people takes time because they don't understand right, right away. Then there's something going wrong and uh, it's. It takes time until you receive the sample and um, or until you receive a certain part. Um, it get it gets stuck, uh, gets stuck in, in customs, whatever, and uh, and it's just um, that's just an yeah, also exhausting product, uh, a really interesting uh, 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 an exhausting process, but also a really interesting process. Uh, but it just takes time. Yeah. And when you say don't start selling the product too early. What's, what do you mean by that? And what was the learning, I guess, from that? Yeah, um, I think that, yeah, um, the, 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 the first around 200 backpacks that we had, we, they, um, um, they, were, they were really good, but um, we have done some changes afterwards. And I think it was, um, it, was, it was about to be ready, but um, I think the, so the backpack we have today is, is just not much better and is a, is a really, a really competitive um, product. Um, but um, yeah, the, the the first product didn't have the, the same um, the same um, quality in a way, um, and I think um, it's just uh, yeah good to know whether it's good enough. But it's also I think an advice, and it's combined with the with the next uh, don't is um, um, don't to be too perfectionistic about it, um, but uh, and and don't. Uh, don't try to be uh, to, to make the product completely perfect because I think it would will never be perfect. I, still, I mean, still today I always look at some products and I think, okay, we could can do this better and that better, and I would would have waited uh, until it's absolutely the way I I envision it. Um, um, I think it would would never uh, been introduced to the market. That's really like that. That's good to know and. Uh... When you said that you know these two hundred first backpacks that like uh, you, you you sold, when you said was it the backpacks that were sold to the 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 backers and the on the on the crowdfunding campaign, or was it? Uh, do you mean it was already sold in? I mean in stores or online? No, no, that was uh, that was uh, I think a part was through uh, uh, Kickstarter. Um, I mean, yeah. The products were not not bad at all. They were just not uh, like the, the same the, the, the same uh, quality or the, the quality increased um, over time. Um, but they were just um, yeah we were we were using different clips um, at the time. So, so there were just some final touches um, about the product that uh, that we have done over time then um, and. Um, yeah, but uh, the product was was definitely good, uh, good to uh, good to go to to market, obviously at the time. But um, yeah, uh, I think um, as I said, you can always always get better, and we we still still always get better. Yeah, it's always a difficult part with crowdfunding, right? You want to be able to ship on time your product as well, or not too late. Let's say if you are a bit late, and uh, this is exactly as you said, like uh, you 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 need to be able to release it even though you know it's not perfect yeah I think it's just um, it's just a valuable advice and I, I heard it uh, from time to time and I, I, I've read it in 
in one book which is called Ready Fire Aim, and I think in this book it's it's uh, it is this it it he he uh, the author um, describes it perfectly that um, yeah you 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 need to go at some point and then you can you can uh, you can still aim, um, and I I think yeah a lot of people and also now when I'm um, when I'm at gatherings and and talking to other people who who may want to fund fund businesses and. Um, I just uh, often, oftentimes also have the impression that a lot of people are always like try to be absolutely perfect with the product they want to bring out or the service they want to bring out. And, and I think it's just, just good advice to, to get going and then to, uh, to tweak and to get better, um, when you are already on track, um, because, um, otherwise, um, you potentially will never get going. You, you mentioned the book, so that's the perfect transition as well to the, 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 the questions that I always ask at the end. So which book, apart from this Ready, Fire, Aim that I will already like, put on the, on the resources on the website, which book would you recommend uh, other entrepreneurs like you to, to, to read, if not this one? Yeah, um, I would recommend um, two books which are more for um, uh, yeah, like uh, not not about business, but about your your personal ha handling uh, or, um, or managing yourself. The first book is um, Eckhart Tolle, um, which is called Now. Um, it's just about um, yeah how 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 you and how your brain work and to live in the moment and why it's why it's really important to live in the moment. Um, How's it called? Uh, Eckhart Tolle is the author, and the book ah, okay. is called uh, is called Now. Or um, living now, um, and the second book is um, Dr. George Spencer, um, and the book is called, I think, a new me, and it's um, that's a really interesting one. It's uh, it's a bit in the same direction. Both books um, just uh, teach you how your subconscious work, how you work, how your brain work, um, and how you. Um, Yeah, how you can deal with your emotions, your feelings, um, and yourself, and that's um, I think um, yeah maybe um, there are really uh, there are a lot of other books I I, I could uh, could mention by by now, but I think the, these these ones might be the most influential also for for my change in in my life um, and and starting what I what I have started. Yeah, Dr. Joe Dispenza, is a, it's a, I read a book about meditation from him too, but it was a book that was also very, very like uh, life-changing to me. That's actually why I studied meditation and how I, I, I went as well after to um, Vipassana and, uh, and it really helped me as well. Getting back to the next question, what's the best advice you've been given as an entrepreneur? I think the... The best advice um, is to don't give up, and that there's that there's ever that there's always a solution. What's your favorite question to ask uh, candidates during your your recruiting process? I think actually my favorite question is um, just just tell me um, about yourself and, and 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 who you are, like because um, I think it's always important for me to to get the the person behind the CV. And um, and I, I always ask them to to run through their CV, but also at the same time because the CV is always like also their um, their life in a way, and um, and uh, to tell me um, yeah in all the different 
uh, and all the different steps in, in their CV, um, um, what, I, what I have done also personally at the time and how they were and, and um, why, um, why, why they moved and what, where, yeah, what was behind these decisions also. I, I always like to, um, to, 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 to get to know the people like on a, on a, uh, on a deeper level if, if possible. And I always, uh, I always don't like, like there's uh, like people in front of me are really just um, totally professional and, um, and, um, and, and, and I cannot feel like who they are like on a, on a, on a, on a private level as well. And what is the training podcast, like blogs or influencers you would recommend entrepreneurs and people growing a startup like yours uh, to, to follow? I've been I've been listening to 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 various podcasts um, before. I'm I'm, I'm currently um, listening listening a, a lot in the Shopify podcast about uh, marketing products uh, and stuff like that. I'm all, also um, OMR Rockstars. Um, I uh, I listen uh, to a lot, um, and um, I think um, yeah, this this ones um, I look at a lot. Um, yeah, also I'm. I'm, I'm I'm from time to time, but infrequently looking into um, uh, founder press and founder founder media, um, like I don't know, Gründerszene um, and, and stuff like that. Um, but um, yeah, I'm. I that's just oh, there's also I also uh, look at look at like TEDx TEDx talks on um, on on YouTube and stuff like that. But it's um, it, it changes and it varies a lot. And sometimes it's, but I, I, I do a lot of research, like when I'm in, interested in, uh, in a topic or I want to, uh, I want to um, increase my knowledge. Um, I'm just, um, I'm just absolutely addicted to knowledge. I'm, if there's something I don't know, I want to, I want to learn about it. And I, I always look for new ways, whether it be podcasts, whether it be YouTube, uh, Googling and, and finding new blogs. Um, so I do that, do that a lot actually. Um, um, and but but I would mention like the the ones before that I really um, listened to frequently before. So thank you very much for your time, Benny. Today now this is your your time to just uh, you know whatever you want to tell to the people listening to us. If you're looking for new you know support people, of course who want to like buy your bags and all your products. I, have, I think you have more than eight different products now on your on your website. So where should they go to find you? That's your time right now. Yeah. So um, also, thank you very much. Um, um, uh, yeah, it was a really great conversation. And uh, everybody out there, just visit our website got-bag.com. Um, yeah, we are looking um, uh, for people um, hopping on the team and and help us. Um, um, yeah, write our story further. Um, uh, if you're interested, um, go ahead and check out uh, career and on our site. Um, and yeah, besides that, um, I just want, um, to say, um, yeah, take, take a look at our oceans. They're really important, uh, for us. Um, and, uh, without them, uh, we cannot, uh, we cannot live. So, um, yeah, please have, have that as a, that as a takeaway and, um, thank you and all the best. Yeah. Thank you very much again. Like, as you said, without, without them, we die as Captain Watson said, said to me, and I'm really happy as well that like you are partnering with them, um, soon. So thank you very much, Benny. Have a wonderful day and, uh, bye-bye. Bye-bye. If you like this podcast, there are two things you can do that would mean the world to me. 
the first thing is to sign up for the podcast newsletter. That way you will be notified of the new episodes, but you will also get a summary of the learnings at the end of every season. Plus, for each episode, you will get the resources and the list of do's and don'ts that every guest shares with me. And finally, you will also get the opportunity to ask our future guests one question in advance. You can sign up for this newsletter on gtimpact.com. The second thing you can do to be super helpful is to recommend this podcast. For that, you can write a review on Apple Podcasts and share the podcast with your friends, other entrepreneurs, and people trying to build a sustainable future. That way, we can all learn together and work on a brighter future for us, our children, and our planet. Thank you very much, and see you next week for the next episode. Have a nice day.